Well, it's over. <laughs> me me do doing the Mario theme song. That was, that was podcast gold. Uh, it sounded like doo-doo. <laughs> doo-doo. Uh, <laughs> Elise isn't here, so we're back to our four-year-old humor. Yeah. <laughs> it's not even potty humor. It's four-year-old humor. <laughs> doo-doo. <laughs> Welcome back to the Beyond Sunday Podcast. We're exploring how to take our faith beyond Sunday morning. This is Patrick Nazaroff. With me, as always, Pastor David Bowser. How are we doing, Patrick? And no Elise McCarter. Uh, uh, we had to take a break, and uh, I grabbed a pen, and there's no there's no ink in it. Like, not even like it's not working. Yeah. There's no pin part yeah. <laughs> inside the pin case. It's ridiculous. I had to make a note. Yeah. All right. Knew. All right. Uh, yeah, no Elise McCarter. She is uh, out this week. Yeah. But we well, hope okay. We hope okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> got a text, couldn't make it. So. Yep. Such is life. I'm feeling a little under the weather. The world happens. Yeah. Uh, so it's just the two of us. All right. Yes. We could have invited Cassandra. We could have. Another week. Another week. We'll give her more than 30 seconds notice then. <laughs> We'd like her to be on the podcast. <laughs> For sure. That For seems sure. only fair to give you yeah. more than 30 seconds. And if you're unfamiliar, Cassandra is our new uh, interim associate pastor. That is correct. Yeah. yeah. So. All right, uh, I've got some news for us. We're going to jump right right on in. Good, Uh because what else is there for us to do? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Fair. Fair, fair, fair. All right, let's jump into it. Okay. Uh, Colorado Springs Man. Hey, we were just near Colorado Springs. We were in Colorado. It's pretty close. Well, (laughs) okay, we were actually near Colorado. Like, we were only like 45 minutes away when we were in Denver. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Colorado Springs Man becomes fourth person to push a peanut up Pike's Peak with his nose. Wow. There's a talent. Uh, I don't know which is more surprising, that this man did it or that three other people had done it before him. (laughs) Sure, for sure. I'm going to say, look, if you're not the first person to do this nonsense... Why are you doing this? Why bother? (laughs) Did he, like, set a new record? Like, did he do it faster than other people? Uh, I don't believe so. So first, He didn't even, like... (laughs) First, let me show you the picture of his getup here. Okay. He has a getup? He's not just in clothes? No, this is his peanut pushing. Oh, wow. He's got a peanut mask. Is that duct tape on there, or is that... I mean, it seems like... It, you know what it looks like? It looks like an adapted uh, CPAP machine mask. Yeah, because yeah. uh, from far away, like I was CPAP like, it looks like he has a breathing machine on. Yeah, or but like it, Bane from uh, the Dark Knight movie. Yeah, yeah. But but it looks like there's like a little spoon type uh-huh. of thing that kind of comes out of it. Yeah. And so he's using can, that to push the so peanut. Can, so it's not really his nose. Yeah, I'm already it's, like, okay, you're not the first person, and it's not even really with your nose. Did the first person really use their nose? Don't know. Mm, okay. uh, but you're using your kind of your face. A prosthetic. He's using a prosthetic yeah. attached to his face. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is not a part of his body. This is a an appendage. Oh. Uh, like a thing. He did do it faster. Oh. Bob's okay. Hale on 53. Well, yeah, because he has an appendage. He has an unfair appendage. of Pike's Peak Friday morning. He broke the previous verified record for the feat, completing the arduous task in seven days. The record was eight days. Se- seven days? So it not only a- did he do this, but it, he spent seven days of his uh-huh. life doing this? Correct. I mean, admittedly, he's basically got to be like bear crawling yeah. up the map. I mean, that's not easy. So I'll give him that. For sure. Is he, this might not be important information, but was he like on a trail or was he on the, because there's a paved road that you can drive all the way up to the top of Pike's Peak. Uh, I believe on a trail based on some other information. Wow. I've got. Okay. okay. Uh, this is becoming more impressive, but still. So first, first I got some Bob information here. So <laughs> okay. first, good. to avoid the heat and the distractions, sure. he did most of his pushing after dark. Oh, obviously. Yeah. yeah. So we got to watch out for the bears that want your peanut, though. <laughs> yeah. 
look, if a bear comes to me and wants a peanut, that's the least of your troubles. Okay. <laughs> Do you think he put his peanut up in like one of those bear uh, bear cages at night? To Maybe. Keep... Well, he's uh, walking. He's or during the day, that's <laughs> whenever he's resting. Yeah, yeah he said, uh, when I do it in the daylight, I have to stop every 10 minutes, five minutes, take some pictures, talk to people, and do all kinds of stuff. So it kind of dragged the trip on a little bit. Sure. Because yeah. I'm sure everybody's like, what you doing? What's happening? <laughs> <laughs> Got to get a picture of this guy. Yeah. And he's like, I'm pushing a peanut up the nose with my face. All and right. we're like... Okay. <laughs> Honesty here. Uh, if you saw this happening on the trail, would you stop and talk or would you move as quickly away from that as possible? Quick as away yeah, as possible. I'm not engaging that. <laughs> no information makes that seem normal. Yeah. Okay. We're in agreement there's, here. Like, there's, there's no answer. I'm not slowing that no. guy down. I'm getting myself away from that situation. Okay. So first we have not the first person to do it. Yeah. Then appendage. Know, the appendage. Yeah. And here's here's my next like, yeah. okay, Bob, really? Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, he estimates that he used nearly two dozen peanuts what? throughout the week. It wasn't even one peanut? Uh-huh. Because some fell into cracks between rocks and the trail and he wasn't able to retrieve them. Unacceptable. I agree. Yeah. Once it falls into the crack, you lost your peanut. You, you got to start over. Yeah. You <laughs> get back to the beginning and do it again. I'm with you. Like, it's one peanut, one push. That's yeah. what I'm about, you yeah. know? And yeah. That's, not that we're ever going to do it. Zero <laughs> percent chance. But asterisk on right. Bob's multiple, effort here. Multi- asterisk one and footnote two and three on there. Yeah. Okay. Um... So the plan originally mm-hmm. was for someone to go along with Salem to carry his backpack and supplies. And they said, that's ridiculous. I'm not <laughs> yeah, doing that. But he obviously could not find anybody to join him on this trek. Right. He's like, okay, so I'm going to spend seven days hiking up Pike's Peak at like a crawl space. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why would I do that? I have even less incentive to do it than him. He's at least in the newspaper. Yeah. I'm unnamed guy who yeah. carries his bag. Uh-huh. You know what I'll do? I will drive up and down Pikes Peak four or five times in the yeah. amount of time that it takes you to go 100 feet, and then I will leave your stuff for you where you are. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah you could set up a, a little, you know, cooler yeah. every whatever. Every morning, I could like walk up and be like, "How far you want me to go?" Yeah, 100 meters. Okay, and I'll give him a cooler in 100 sure. meters, and then I'll go back down the mountain. I would do that. So uh, his trip, he would hike the trail, mm-hmm. leave his backpack, come back down, and push the peanut up from where he started. Okay. So but he is double hiking. He's double hiking. But, but still ridiculous. But also, you know, we don't have a confirmation. Did he start at exactly the same place oh, yeah. he left that peanut? Did he leave the peanut and, like, it got moved? Maybe. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe a... Or are you trying to find a peanut in the dark on, <laughs> you know, on Pike's Peak Mountain? Oh, man. <laughs> Where's my... Did he eat any of the peanuts? Was the uh, peanut, yeah, was the peanut peanuts. still in the shell? Pop-Tarts. I, that's a good question. That's, that's the question I want to know. I, am, I imagine the peanut was still in the shell. Because if you had the peanut out of the shell, eventually those two halves are going to come apart. No matter like no matter what you do, they're going to come apart. And then what are you going to do? Push both halves? <laughs> well, no, you start over. That's why he's oh, right. that's okay. why he has yeah. two dozen peanuts. Yeah. Um, as he finished the track, a representative city from the city of uh, Manito Springs gave him a jewelry box to house his final peanut, and he also got two plaques commemorating his effort. All right. Two. Yeah. Like he gets to keep the plaques? I don't know, man. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, he says he's ready for a shower and a nap. Sure. I yeah. yeah. Seven days up a mountain, I'd take a shower and a nap. For sure. For sure. Peanuts and Pop-Tarts were his uh, diet. Uh, was... This seems... Well, you're not breaking any records. I guess it, you're it, fastest. It, yeah, yeah. Does the Guinness Book of World Records include this as a fastest man to push a peanut up a, a Pike's Peak? I've not heard back from Guinness on, on the peanut thing. Is that what he said? No, no. That's me saying. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I, thought, I thought he had actually like, I've not heard back. It's like, oh, man. <laughs> you should have looked into that first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
yeah so uncertain if uh, guinness cares about peanut yeah uh boy i wonder what the actual elevation change is there because like, it's a fourteen thousand foot peak yeah but you wouldn't have to start at zero or do you well no because zero is sea level so he'd sure. have to start at like where do, you, where, where do you start you start at the parking lot yeah, yeah but wherever the trailhead is okay and then oh. you you know go but i don't know what the elevation change is like yeah does is the trailhead at eleven thousand feet? Is the trailhead at six thousand feet? That's a big difference. Well, look, all I'm saying is we need to get somebody start at sea level, bring yeah. that peanut down to the coast from Gulf Coast, push that peanut up to Pikes Peak. Yeah. All right. So it took him seven days to get up Pikes Peak. How long do you think it's going to take you to push a peanut from the <laughs> Gulf Coast? <laughs> Probably pretty far. Yeah, it's pretty hot out there. So. Yeah, that seems <laughs> unnecessary. <laughs> This whole thing seems unnecessary. Although, hey, the way uh, gas prices are going, maybe it's uh, sure. more economical to push a peanut with your nose. Hey, oh. <laughs> As opposed to driving the peanut. <laughs> driving I, a car. I normally do. <laughs> I normally drive my peanut up to Pikes Peak. Yeah. yeah. Would, are you interested in doing any, you know, uh, world Pe- record breaking things here? World record breaking, sure, but not pushing a peanut with my nose. Uh, yeah, I don't really care enough. To break a world record? No. I think it'd be cool. If there was something that I It was, would be cool, but like I'm not gonna do any like if there was something that I thought like I legitimately had a chance of doing, I would try it. I don't think there's anything I have a little chance of doing. I'm gonna be honest. You'd be surprised at some of the stupid stuff that they consider world records. <laughs> yeah, I just know anything I could do, somebody somebody some crazy person out there, like who's pushing a peanut up is up the, the nose, would invest way more time, yeah. way more energy, and immediately break that world record. I had a pastor when I was a child who held the world record for the fastest time to run the 110-meter hurdles while uh, juggling three bowling balls. Okay. Yeah. He held that world record for a time. Wow. Yep. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. You could you could do that. I could. Yep. <laughs> while pushing a peanut. Sure. Well, yeah. <laughs> Extra challenge. <laughs> it's going to be hard to get over that hurdle, pushing that peanut. Ooh, that's that, for sure. We're going to have to have ramps. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, let's move on with our top story here. No idea. peanuts on the nose for this one. Oh, okay. Maybe right. I'll start pushing a peanut around during worship. Well, that's what we're talking about. Oh. Is worship. And pushing peanuts? No, no just peanuts. Wor- oh, just, just worship. worship. Okay. Just worship. Maybe peanuts can be part of worship. Yeah. Look, maybe butts in the seat if you start pushing a peanut around. Sure. People will be like, what's up? Peanut pastor. Get somebody like selling peanuts, you know, come okay. through after, okay. after confession. Peanuts, peanuts. Yeah, I mean, you're losing the peanut allergy crowd, but maybe, Ooh, you're, there's that. maybe you're gaining the uh, baseball stadium crowd. <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure, those who want to feel more like they're at a sporting event. <laughs> yeah. I guess they could sell things other than peanuts that are peanut friendly. You know, like a lot of or sporting events friendly. used to have like the organ play oh, music, yeah. so do, we're do, ready. Do, 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 <laughs> do, 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 do. Yeah. Yeah. We already have a seventh inning stretch with the piece, Sure. so you know, we've you got go. that built in. Yeah. We just need to sing Take Me Out to the Ball Game and we're there. Yeah, could probably modify that to a religious song. <laughs> Take me out to communion. <laughs> yeah, get me some wafers and little cup of wine. There you go. Very nice. Yep, we're halfway there. That's, that's, yeah, it's, it writes itself. It does. <laughs> All right, well, we have two articles, so we're going to be okay. kind of bouncing in through today. Yeah. Uh, one from Relevant Excellent. and one from Christianity we gotta Today. we got to put that membership to use. We're, yeah, we, we definitely do. Is Christianity Today going to make us buy a membership, too? Uh, you can subscribe to Christianity yeah. Today for limited access, but I have not seen, like, you're running out of articles that like sure. Relevant yeah, yeah. gave me. Um, and But we also use Relevant way more. Yeah. They're a little hipper, a little more they're re- fun. They're relevant. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, which one do you want to start in? Christianity Today or Relevant? Uh, let's start with Christianity Today. Okay. Because I didn't read the Relevant article. <laughs> <laughs> perfect, perfect, perfect. Uh, they, okay, I'll give you the headlines of both. Yeah, yeah. So this is how they go. So Christianity Today, why don't we sing justice songs in worship? Mm-hmm. And Relevant, enough with me-centered 
worship music. All right. So, so we're talking about worship music. All right. All right. So first, let me ask you. Yes. Do you like worship music? I like singing music and worship. Yes. Okay. That's not a. <laughs> that's not a clear answer. <laughs> <laughs> Look. Uh, so I do not like. I don't know. Some pastors, I think, are like really into worship music and yeah. like pick their favorite thing and that's what they listen to like all the time and so you ask them like what's your favorite kind of music and they're like oh i'm always tuned to this radio station of whatever kspj kspj or you know i love organ stuff and that's what i always listen to like that's not like music in general is not my thing so like i don't drive around listening to radio or whatever i'm always listening to podcasts and other people talking rather than people singing me too so i don't know that i would say i love worship music but i love being a part of a community that sings in worship i think that's really uh, powerful and important yeah i mean i i I certainly have listened to and to uh contemporary christian music and i'm fine with it you know um most of the stuff on KSBJ, I think, is relatively generic. Yeah. And it's kind of relatively generic by choice. Yeah, like inten- they, intention. It, even, yeah, yeah, very intentionally. Like, they, if you, the more you read about it, kind of the grosser it actually is. But, yeah. like, basically, it's like our model is for a, you know, suburban mom yep. with two kids. Yeah. And if it's a music that would appeal to a suburban mom, it's going to get played on the radio. And yeah. if it doesn't, it's not going to. Yeah. And we want to make sure that suburban mom feels good feels positive feels which from a marketing standpoint of radio like every radio station has sure that character right they all have like this is the person we're trying to appeal to yeah and, and so you could ask any of them and a lot of them have like names for it too that, like, yes you know our person is karen or our person is jeff I'm, or our person it seems is like this person's name would be karen for the ccm because <laughs> they were christian music yes what, but so like you know whatever kind of radio yeah. station you're listening to on a regular basis that station has a person in mind like this is who we want our yeah. music to appeal to. Yeah. And Christian radio stations are no different. Mm. And, and the question is, should worship be that same way? Sure. Yeah. And and uh, and so if your criticism of Christian radio is it sounds all the same and repetitive, yes. you're right. You're and absolutely it, right. And that's a choice. It is choosing to do that. There's Christian music out there that doesn't sound like that. Yeah, there it is. But that is not what gets going to get played on contemporary Christian. Sure. That music you got to go find. And yeah. that makes it a lot harder, right? But Spotify and Apple yeah. Music and things like that have made that a lot easier than it used to be. Sure. Yeah. But it's still hard. It's much, it, much harder. It actually takes effort. Yes. That's step one. You actually yeah. have to try. Yeah. All right. So we're going to talk about uh, worship music. Um, so here at Lord of Life, we have mm-hmm. two worship styles. We do. And they each have kind of different musical styles yes. as well as kind of liturgical styles. Yeah, absolutely. So we have one that's more traditional and one mm-hmm. that's more contemporary. Yeah. So we have one, the traditional we'd say would do what we would classically call hymns primarily. Yeah. Now we do it in a, often kind of a contemporary style, Yeah. but the, the language and the tunes are things that you would have been familiar with if you grew up in church anytime through the you know 1900s on, right? And yeah. so, you know, things that have been in hymnals for a long period of time, mm-hmm. often things that have like four-part harmony or standard four verses or you know they don't have a, a chorus and a bridge uh, yeah. you know things like that yeah and i know i know even like when we were kind of transitioning here at lord of life to more screen-based worship yep. you know or here's a bulletin that's very simple mm-hmm. some of the criticisms are were where's the where's the where's the music the notes yeah i need those notes to sing you know because yeah. that's how i think and that him definitely has more of that mm-hmm. reading music makes it easier and better to sing to right if you know how to read music yes sure. that, that, i mean that is I was like reading music yes if you if you have yeah. that skill set if you know how to read music it yeah. is better to yeah that's and true. then we also have a contemporary worship service mm-hmm. uh that's much more you know more modern mm-hmm. uh more singer led yeah so that would mean you don't have the music you don't have the the notes on the page really the singer is kind of doing a lot of work mm-hmm. getting you there mm-hmm. um and so 
that one, you know, again, some of the criticism can be it's kind of repetitive, can but be. it's also maybe repetitive by nature because it is there because you have to learn it there to help you mm-hmm. get it. You know, yeah. so if verse two sounds very, you know, has a similar progression as verse one, mm-hmm. well, you hear verse one and then you're able to sing verse two, yeah, in a sense, you know, so that's kind of um, uh, that's an intentional style, yeah. If the criticism of it sounds too repetitive, I wouldn't necessarily disagree that it's repetitive. It's just that necessarily yeah. isn't necessarily a bad thing. Right. Yeah. For right. its purpose, right? We have to be clear on what its purpose yeah. is. Because the reality is we don't you know, at Lord of Life, we don't have a image of who are we appealing to, right? Who's our who's our Karen, who's our Jeff that we're trying to target yeah. with each of our services. But we are trying to appeal to people in different places of life sure. and different understandings of what worship means. And that's why we have different styles of worship is so that yeah. people who experience worship differently can feel like they have a home at Lord of Life. So you might come to one or the other and feel like, well, I've got all these criticisms about that. And those might be perfectly fair, but maybe that's because that service isn't really intended to appeal to you. And that's sure. okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, like, before we jump into these articles, just sure. real quick, um, have you ever gone to kind of a worship service that's not like one of ours that we do? Uh, yes. Okay. Like what? Uh, all sorts of directions. So I've yeah. gone to like far more uh, liturgical stuff where it's like mm-hmm. um, super heavy chanting and yeah. you know maybe maybe no or, or instrument at all, um, but just a, a single person kind of chanting uh, up in front and mm-hmm. maybe leading some song that way. I've gone to super uh, the other direction where it's even more singer led and it feels a whole lot more like a concert sure. where even I I consider myself to be musical, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not a professional musician by any means, but I play instruments. I know how to sing, and so. I can follow along and I can sing most songs that come on pretty quickly, but there are points where even I'm like, I don't know how to sing this or I don't know how to be a part of this. And I'm not supposed to, right? Yeah. I'm supposed to listen to someone else do it and yeah. participate that way as opposed to singing along with it. So yeah, yeah in both directions. Yeah. That, that sometimes you get to the place where like, well, really the only person who can sing the song is a professional singer. Yeah. Like, like mm-hmm. the, what, what they're doing with their voice, I just cannot do. Not going to happen. Like, yeah. it's just, it's a range and that, that I can't meet. Yeah. And I'll try in the shower the next time I have a chance, yeah. but I'm not going to be able to pull it off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, and you know, there's definitely different kinds of worship with different cultural backgrounds and sure. settings. Uh, you know, the Lutheran church draws a lot of our theology and our music. worship yep. and music from, you know, Europe and yeah. North America, mm-hmm. uh, specifically America north of Mexico. So, yeah. like, you know, if we're really being honest with ourselves. Yeah. Like, so that's really where we're getting a lot of our music mm-hmm. from. Um, so let's jump into this. Why don't we sing justice songs in worship? Okay. And I like the byline here. Let's swap sloppy wet kiss for break the arm of the wicked man. Mm, okay. So, that's funny because uh, we I just came out of a planning meeting for this Sunday. Yeah. And we're singing the song that contains the line Sloppy Wet Kiss this Sunday. Sure, sure. <laughs> Only where we uh, we sing there, it. There's the, the there's the yeah, different the version. unforeseen kiss. Um, is, yeah. Yes, yes. We will not be saying sloppy because I do not want to be in the congregation having anybody say Sloppy Wet Kiss. It's, it's a little different, yeah. It's, yeah. That's a good song. I love different vibe. How He Loves by David yeah. Crowder Band is that It's um, a good song. That song. It's a great song. But um yeah, Sloppy Wet Kiss is usually changed in most corporate worship settings. To unforeseen, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, so this is going to say, um, the, the author here, let me get this name, Michael Rhodes, mm. uh, is kind of comparing contemporary worship music mm-hmm. to the Psalms, okay. kind of in this. So we should just remind our listeners, the Psalms would have been kind of the hymn book of yeah. the ancient, or even the modern Jewish people, right? And so um, they're meant to be songs, psalm literally translates to song and so it's the, the book of songs and so they're meant to be sung and yeah it was it was a hymnal that's mm-hmm. what it was for so that's why we can make that comparison it's not like we're comparing this to 
the book of Jeremiah yeah. or something like that, and which I'll, doesn't make sense. Sure, sure. And he, I think he, he kind of gives this kind of intro here that I think is interesting. Um, so in 2018, um, the slave Bible kind of came back into kind of the public recollection, I think, that was found. Okay. This was a Bible that was given to Caribbean slaves Okay. that was edited. Oh, lovely. And so I, I all, missed this. Okay. All of kind of the pro-slave or sure. pro- um, Breaking of the chains. Big, break, uh-huh. Yeah, all that stuff are, are, are you know, are, are is removed. So like the whole story of the Exodus is gone? Gone. Uh, wow. Lots of the stuff in, you know, the New Testament where Paul is None of the about, stuff in the New Testament makes sense without the story of the Exodus. I, I agree. <laughs> but one of the things that's also removed okay. is the entire book of Psalms. Wow. Okay. Interesting. Okay. So, and that's why we're kind of saying, okay, so not even just individual Psalms, the entire book. They're like, this is too hard. We're just going to yeah, take them all out. Cut it all out. Okay. Uh-huh. Because it brings up different stories of justice of yeah. uh, and and questioning kind of sure. um of lament yeah. and all these things and, I, and if you want a greater in-depth look at the book of psalms uh check out our podcast on the yeah. book of psalms we which was one. probably around a year ago so wow yeah, yeah. probably was yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> time flies yeah. yeah uh i'm sure we could look up when that was but i'm not going to yeah you know, you'll, it's out there yeah you'll, you'll go to our it. website and uh, I think you can search on our website for Probably. Psalms. Or just Google. You could, you could also search in, Sp- in uh, Spotify. For, yeah. So yeah. just go to our thing in Spotify, there search Psalms. Yeah. Or just Google uh, Beyond Sunday Psalms, and I bet it'll come up. Or I'm sure you just listen to the Beyond Sunday catalog kind of on repeat. Yeah. <laughs> like you're just cycling through all As we all do. Yeah. 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 That's why I don't listen to music, because I've just got Beyond Sunday all the time. For sure. sure. Just like listening to myself talk. Okay. So he went through the top 25 uh, CCLI worship songs reportedly sung by churches. Okay. CCLI so, is like the chart for the uh, christian music kind of yeah, thing yeah. yeah so it's so, like the americans top 50 or whatever yeah so he's going through that and comparing them to the psalms okay okay so in the i'm top- gonna say right off the bat not a fair comparison but all right go ahead let's, for go, sure. let's go with it yeah, yeah yeah you know i think it's more of like let's just take a look at what these yeah, two things i think are. i think it's reasonable but yeah, yeah let's just go with it. so one there's only one passing mention of the word justice in the 25 one pass okay uh-huh all right so what do you think about that uh, I think it's going to be way higher in the Psalms as far as like uh, how many or how often we talk about justice. Yep. So in uh, the Psalms, justice will show up 65 times in 33 different Psalms. Yeah. Yeah. Including, you know, mighty king, lover of justice, you yeah. know, right away. You know, mm-hmm. like this is we're definitely attributing God is about justice. All right. Yep. So in the top 25, mm-hmm. uh, how many references to the poor or poverty do you think there are? In the top 25 references for, I'm going to say less than five. Uh, zero. Oh, okay. So. <laughs> I wasn't wrong. <laughs> Ouch. Um, okay. No references to poor or poverty in the top 25 songs. Okay. The Psalms uses varied language to describe poor, but mm-hmm. it's probably on almost every page. Yeah. You know, we, yeah. you open your Bible on almost every page. So really that would mean every three or four Psalms, you've yeah. got a reference to this. Something, yeah. Uh, yeah. If not, back to back to back to back. You know, like, yeah. it's in there a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so, we have in Psalm 146, here's a highlight. Uh, we praise the Lord because who executes justice for the oppressed, who gives food to the hungry. So, that food that's to the three. hungry. That's justice, uh, and that's uh, yeah. food to the hungry and the oppressed. That's yeah. all, the, yeah. Yep. It's the trifecta. All right, what about a widow, refugee, and oppressed? Top 25. Oh, zero. Yeah, zero. Yeah. Everywhere in the Psalms. Yeah. <laughs> All over the All Psalms it, yeah. again. Yep. Uh, what about enemies in the top 25? Mm. Um, all right. So are we including like the devil as an enemy? Yeah. All right. Then I'm going to guess uh, less than five again. Um. So rare, uh, but 
in 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 the enemies, it's definitely spiritual. Yeah, spiritual so, enemy. Yeah, a yeah. spiritual enemy. Um, the psalmist will, whoever you know, the psalmist is like whoever wrote the psalms. Yeah. Um, most David. A lot of them. Yeah. yeah. Um, they're constantly discussed. <laughs> yeah. They're and they're physical enemies. They're like the people yes. over there. Those guys. The yeah. the ones who are persecuting me and attacking me and hurting. Yeah. So sometimes, yeah, sometimes they're a foreign nation. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they're just the wicked yep. who are amongst in our nation. Yeah. Or not. You know, yeah. like here at but, Lord of Life we call them Patrick. I mean, yeah. Uh, hey, yes. well, yeah. Uh yeah. If you've ever read the Psalms, there are some interesting ones. Like you get through like ninety percent of the Psalm uh-huh. and you're like, this is beautiful i love it so beautiful and then the last two verses are like smite my enemies before me and you're like what What? is happening like i mean i'm down but what (laughs) like it just shifts gears pretty rapidly so a lot of psalms have that kind of okay yeah this is an interesting ending Uh like this is a choice wouldn't it be kind of cool though if like if how he loves by david crowder band if you're like oh he loves us and then the last verse is like and smite my enemies (laughs) break the arm of the wicked that'd be a fun surprise okay Yeah. yeah All right, um, and this I think is the most interesting. All right, how many questions to God are in the top twenty-five? Oh, like, well, I guess does how He loves us is that count as a question? <laughs> no, I guess that's a statement. Yeah. Uh, th- so there are probably questions about like how great is Your Majesty or how far like I, I could see some questions like that. So yeah. those are those aren't like questions in a sense. How great is Your Majesty is not like. I guess it's rhetorical. Yeah. yeah but. But, so that's what I like. If we're going for those types of questions, they probably have some, but I'm going to say like probably none by this guy's standards. There's none. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Based on what you're setting me up for. Here. Yeah. But the Psalms, there's a lot. Yeah. Like um, here's uh, Psalm, one, uh, Psalm 10. Uh, why, O Lord, do you stand far off? Why do you hide yourself in times of trouble? In arrogance, the wicked persecute the poor. I mean, boom, that's a lot. Yeah. You know, that that is ve- would be very distant from... Uh, most American church mm-hmm, worship. Mm-hmm. Why do we think about this? This kind of uh, experiment here. Well, so I, I said at the beginning that this is not a fair comparison, and here yes. and let's clarify why. Because I think it's important for us to look at the top twenty-five uh, worship songs and think about that very intentionally. But what we established at the beginning is that the songs that are uh, deemed to be the top twenty-five are going to be the songs to get played on the radio, mm-hmm. and the songs that get played on the radio are appealing to a very specific demographic, and that demographic is people who want to drive in their car and feel good, which I can't fault them for, right? I can't mm-hmm. fault you for wanting to drive in your car and feel good, and so the fact that we then take those songs and choose to use them in worship because we want people to feel comfortable and good in worship, sure. that's then on us, right? That's not yeah. necessarily on radio or on music production. It's on us to say, hey, we're uh, inappropriately using music that is allowing people to come here and only ever feel comfortable mm-hmm. rather than saying, hey, we need to look for the music that absolutely exists um, that allows us to challenge uh, how we feel and challenge how we experience the world. The music exists, right? But yeah. like we said, we've got to look for it. You've got to try. And so in the same way, you could read through the book of Psalms And you could only find the psalms that appeal to you and only find the ones that you want to sing that make you feel good. You could do that. Um, And so if that's what we're doing with the top 25, then yeah, that's what we've just got to look deeper. You don't you don't have to work as hard to get there in the Psalms, um, but you just have to work a little harder. Perhaps the most famous psalm of all, Psalm 23, is very pleasant. It's really it's, you know, quieter psalm. Mm -hmm. It has peaceful psalm yeah. it's it has those things like yeah really the lord's my shepherd i shall not want yeah. yeah my cup flows over it's beautiful i'd be it probably has made a lovely top 25 song at some yeah. point and yeah it's a great song but yeah. it's not the picture it's not the fullest picture of what right. this looks like exactly yeah and i think when we do that though and uh mike uh here 
I'm, I'm gonna call Mike. I don't sure. know if he goes by Mike. But Mikey, you know, sure, why not? Um, he says this uh, by refusing to sing like the Psalms do. Those of us who are not poor and oppressed refuse to learn how yeah. to mourn and protest alongside them. We complain that our suffering neighbors sound too angry, mm-hmm. rather than discovering the angry rage of the of the poor in the face of extreme injustice on nearly every page of Holy Scripture's hymn yeah. book. Yeah. yeah, I think that's really powerful, right? I mean, because worship should draw us into communion with the full body of Christ. Yeah. And by and large, any given congregation is not a representation of the full body of Christ. Yeah. And Lord of Life is no different than that. And, you know, whatever congregation our listeners are participating in, right, it's only a glimpse because you're in one place and most people there are going to be from the place you're in. And so we need music and worship experiences, not just music, worship mm-hmm. experiences that connect us to the fuller picture of the body. And so if you're in a community that's primarily wealthy, you need uh, worship experiences that connect you to mm-hmm. uh, people of the body who are not wealthy and who sure. are longing for justice. And, you know, I will say, I think that the hymnody uh, does a better job of this than a lot of contemporary. I think you don't have to, uh, you know, if, we, if we're kind of like ranking these, right, the Psalms make it really easy to find that mm-hmm. uh, justice and things like that. If you're looking through the hymnal, I think it's easier than the top 25 but still harder than the psalms Mm -hmm. and i think that if you're looking at the top 25 or just modern contemporary music just is harder still and so i think you know there's kind of this progression of music has moved in a direction of saying well we want to make people comfortable so that people keep coming and people are comfortable singing songs that make us feel good about that and and songs that make us feel good don't ask questions about justice don't ask questions of god don't talk about suffering don't uh point out uh enemies foreign or otherwise right um that we just we sing about oh god's great god loves us and Mm -hmm. sometimes that's really important sometimes we do need that but we also need to be drawn into the realities Mm -hmm. and i think it also sets us up for like the moments where our community is in suffering or is in lament Mm -hmm. like we come to worship and we're really not sure how to process those feelings. Like we're not quite sure how to handle that. So sometimes we'll have the songs that maybe seem sorrowful, but like really are all talking about like majesty and glory of God. Mm -hmm. And then the sermon highlights the lament of the community, but the participatory action of singing together, we just don't really know how to do that. And I think um, in some ways we have to practice that before, before it happens because uh, the fact of the matter is every community will experience lament. I mean, like um, whether that's through natural disaster mm-hmm. or man-made disaster, mm-hmm. you know, we're going to have those times where we're like, wow, we really need to get together and mourn and sometimes get together and say, where were you God? Mm-hmm. And be comfortable sitting in worship in a worshipful space and saying, we cannot see you right now, God. Yeah. And I think that that's really tough and that's really difficult. And I think most churches out there, um, don't want to sit in that space yeah. because it's difficult because yeah. there's and, no clear answers. And people don't want their leaders to sit in that space. Yeah. Right? I mean, yeah. You come to church, you want an answer. Yeah. Not a question. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, shift gears okay. to the relevant one. Okay. Okay. So that was a fun gear. I liked that one. Yeah. Um, so enough with me centered worship music. Mm, yeah. Okay. So have you heard this criticism of sure. modern contemporary music? Yeah. Me too. You, f- you find uh, individualistic language a whole lot more in contemporary music than you do in older music or in the Psalms. Mm-hmm. It's a lot more of me and God and our relation and my relationship with God as opposed to our community and our understanding and God do this for us. And, yeah. 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 So uh, why do you think that is? Because we're writing music for a me-centered culture. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> I don't know, watch TV for five minutes. <laughs> yeah. I think I think we're, uh, by and large, again, we're, we're appealing to what people want. And what people mm-hmm. want right now is a 
is an experience um, that centers on me and my role in that experience. Yeah. Um, and not that people refuse to be a part of a community, but I think that the easiest way for people to enter into it is to say, well, this is about me. Yeah. And it's not necessarily malicious either. It's just that's our way of moving through the world right now is to think about myself first. Mm-hmm. I think part of how we get music is part of this as well. Mm. So you think of like the hymnal, you know, that kind of music language, like all those things were written at a time where the intent was one, was only one thing. And that was a group of people would sing this in church. That's Mm. it. Yeah. That's a great point. And most contemporary music is really like, we're kind of going like, this is a radio song that we're singing in church. Or this is a, this is a band song that we're kind of like Mm co-opting as worship music. Mm -hmm. And I think it can work and we've done it. And there's some things I really like that we do when we do that, not just hair Lord life, but Christian dumb Mm -hmm. as, as a, as a whole, but we're not necessarily having contemporary music written solely for corporate worship. Yeah. Like usually a, a song you sing in a contemporary setting is a song that would get played on the radio. Yeah. You know, like that's really like how it would work. And so no, that's, a, that's a really helpful point. Yeah. Yeah. And I think sometimes if you listen to, again to contemporary Christian music, it does kind of sound like pop light is mm-hmm. what I would kind of say. It's like mm-hmm. pop music, maybe a little less interesting than pop music musically. Pop. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's like a little bit of diet pop. And so sometimes in that like competition with pop music, it's like pop music, but it's good. You know, it's like uh, it's got a positive message. Nobody's going to say a curse word. Yeah. You know, like, you know, you're not going to hear anything that's sexual or anything like that. Though an alarming number of songs of worship songs, if you just replace like Jesus with girl or boy, yeah, it suddenly becomes very inappropriate. <laughs> sure. Well, it's like diet pop. I mean, that's yeah. kind of what pop sounds like. Yeah. Right. And so like I think sometimes like in that vein, though, because it's diet pop. It sounds like pop, but it's just not as good, right? Yeah. Like, it's just not as good as the real thing. Yeah, we all know full sugar. That's the way to go. For sure. Look, and I'm a Coke Zero guy. Right. But, like, but it's not as good. It's not as good. Well, now I like it a little more because I'm used to it. Sure. But it's Which not as good. Is also a fair point, right? That yeah. we've probably become accustomed to this me-centric diet pop. And so yeah. we think that it's better. We think that we're more comfortable with it. But yeah. it's not the full experience sure so if it's like if it's but supposed the, to be the downside here is that the full experience isn't actually as unhealthy for us as for full sure. sugared pop <laughs> for sure for sure that's yeah. the downside to the metaphor <laughs> well, i think that, i think if we're like we're competing with contemporary music mm-hmm. we're gonna lose because sure. they just do it better yeah they're more creative they're more free you know they have more understand and not to say again there's a lot of christian stuff out there that is very creative very free it's mm-hmm. just not gonna be played on cco yeah. like the contemporary christian music radio station yeah. um so, again, you have to find that stuff. But, you know, rock and roll and pop and can be creative, free, yeah. different, mm-hmm. and still get played, you know, or still get mainstream success. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, so what happens, do you think, when worship becomes this me-centric worship? Is that, you know, good for us, bad for us, indifferent? I, I think it's bad for us um, no. on the whole. I think it, uh, you know, in the same way that the first uh, article talked about how when we don't use that justice language that we're missing a picture of the body of Christ. I think that when we use um, that me-centric language, um, we're missing the fullness of our connection to those around us. That it's not just about you and your relationship with God. It's about a community's relationship with God. And then we start to read a lot of scripture and we read scripture through that same me-centric lens. Um, and that unintentionally warps a lot of scripture that we read. You've talked about this with me a number of times, uh, the passage from Jeremiah of, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord plans for your, or to prosper you and not to harm you, right? And we read that all the time as like, oh, God's watching out for me. 
but it's a plural you like right we, we need yeah. it's a y'all right we need we need to embrace the y'all in yeah. uh, biblical translation because it's i have i know the plans i have for y'all and it's about the community being redeemed and prospering mm-hmm. which is not to say that god doesn't have a, a plan to prosper individuals but that's not the intention of the verse right uh god's intention is not to make sure that you are healthy wealthy and wise forever it's to make sure that as a community we're raised up into the the kingdom that god mm-hmm. promises us uh, and so i think that we fall into those me-centric traps yeah. uh, more more quickly when all of our language is, or all of our language for understanding God is me-centric. Yeah, uh, I think sometimes this can lead to um, worship that is feels more like self-help than mm, it sure. does like yeah. um, self-redemp, uh, more like a redemption arc. Yeah. You know, it feels more like you can do it if you try harder, mm-hmm. or you know, you're 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 great. You know, everything's good. You know, so I think that that's how it can kind of feel. It feels fluffy mm-hmm. and faith is not fluffy faith yeah. is hard and difficult and oftentimes will come at a cost yeah. and it's a cost that it, we don't want to pay you know mm-hmm. like and you know I, I so i think that can be be, dif- be difficult now i also want to say personally i like contemporary music sure. more than traditional music sure I, I don't really get into it very much uh i like the way it sounds i like a drum i like a guitar i like it a lot more yeah but i can also admit Sometimes I like that style of music while the lyrics can seem a little fluffy. Sure. And sometimes a hymn can have really great lyrics where I think the style is a little dry. Yeah. You know. And there are plenty of hymns with fluffy language too. Sure. Like there's plenty of points where people say like, well, you know, I just can't connect to the language that people use in contemporary hymns. I'm like, well, look at all the hymns that are yeah. out there. I'm like, how do I connect to words from the 15th century? Like I don't yeah. connect to that either. And so both of them are an opportunity for us to experience um, the fullness and the richness of the yeah. body. I, I, I don't know that we can ever really do away with either, right? Yeah. I think that, yeah, it's important to use music from the current context that you're in. Martin Luther did this, right? For sure. Um, this was a big move that he made to start using uh, tunes that people knew and rewriting lyrics to help pe- people learn about Jesus, mm-hmm. right? That's not a bad thing. That's yeah. a, an important thing for us to do to connect to the, com- uh, the culture in which we live. But it's also really important to have the richness that comes from years, uh, centuries sure. even, of people saying this, these words, these lyrics are meaningful and powerful. Yeah. So uh, last thing I want to kind of like... Give Sorry, it a, one other thing. You got it. Some, uh, some hymns that have stood the test of time are not actually powerful and meaningful, right? Yeah. There, there are some that are like, everybody loves it, and it's just a stupid, like the language is stupid in it. Like it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Maybe the tune is super singable. Maybe it's really familiar, but it's like, why? Why? Yeah. Why? why? And that's okay too. You can, I'm not going to name names, but you yeah. can have those hymns. Yeah. For me, uh, hymns can be really guilty of like I rhymes. That means like words that look like they should rhyme, but oh, yeah. they don't. Oh, yeah. Like move and love. I and like I'm to, like, I hate that so much. I like to intentionally sing them as if they rhyme. Yeah. So, so I'll say like Louvre <laughs> to go with move. Yeah. <laughs> or it'll be like, we really, really want this word to fit here, but there's not enough space musically. So we'll just throw an apostrophe That's in the right. middle of and it. And take out some letters. <laughs> and yeah. you just like, you'll just figure it out. Yeah. Like, And so it's really guilty of sometimes that kind of, uh, that kind of music, which I'm like, I really just do not like that. Yeah, but again, it's it's designed differently, right? So, um, I think so. Sometimes, like with hymns and contemporary music, okay, it's like turning on like your classic rock station is kind of like the hymns, and you're like listening to it, and you're like, wow, all these songs are really, really good. The people back in the '70s and '80s, like they they just knew how to make music. Yeah, but in reality, classic rock just got rid of all the garbage. Right, (laughs) they've had decades to get rid of all the junk and yeah. to keep the best of the best there's yeah. plenty of garbage there they're just like these are the songs that worked and they just keep going yeah and so there were plenty of hymns written that are terrible 
Probably. That we just don't even know yeah. about anymore because when we edited hymn books starting in the whatever, yep. the drop that, drop the, that, the 20s, the 30s, the 40s, yep. we're immediately saying, like, these are not good. And then as you even keep getting closer and closer to more times, we're still kind of like, let's just refine it and mm-hmm. get the, the, here the here's the, all the killer hymns mm-hmm. as we kind of like get rid of all the bad ones. Yeah. And contemporary music is fresh, and that means sometimes things are popping up. And then yeah. we look back six months later and you're like, wow, that wasn't very good. Yeah. But it's hard to make like a songbook because as soon as it's made, it's already outdated. Yep. Like the moment it comes out and like, here's a hundred songs for us to sing over the next two years. Yeah. You're like, you're already saying like, these are old. Yeah. Like, so that makes it a uh, kind of a tough, uh, lane to navigate. Yeah. Which is one of the funniest things. Cause when the, the Lutheran church in particular, we've come out with some hymn supplements yeah. and inevitably like the new hymnal or the supplement will include something from the radio yeah. and i'll be like oh yeah that was the thing that was popular on the radio 20 years ago sure. and now it's in our hymnal yeah. <laughs> cool <laughs> we're really we're up to date on this one that's good work guys <laughs> and just record the people at the time when so a lot of these hymns were being written also like this is too new this is too modern yeah i'm not super into this give mm-hmm. me give me the old latin stuff yeah you know so like <laughs> so like the criticisms of today were yeah. the same criticisms of, of yesterday sure so yeah. once upon a time people didn't want organ in worship because organ yeah. was too fluffy and frilly and you know not worshipful right yeah. it, was, it was inappropriate um you know the trombone was invented for music because of its uh tone and how it sounded and it was not as piercing as like the trumpet and other things like yeah. that so wah, you know, wah, wah, wah. yeah that's it that was the that was an excellent trombone impersonation well, it's charlie brown's teacher's no, trombones so i followed know. thank you yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I mean the the worship war, if you want to call it that, right? It's yeah. not new. It's been going on forever. Mm-hmm. And you know the the question that I think we have to keep coming back to is what is the purpose of worship? Yeah. And is the purpose of worship to make you feel comfortable and give you everything that you want, so that you like every song and so that you uh, feel good when you leave? Or is the pers- purpose of worship to connect you to the heart of God? And to be connected to the heart of God, sometimes you have to be uncomfortable, and sometimes you have to experience things that make you uncomfortable or things that you don't like. Yeah. Uh, and that's okay. I don't really like sitting in silence for extended periods of time. But when I do, I usually feel a little bit closer to the heart of God. And so sometimes we have to do things even when we don't like them. Also eating vegetables. Sure. (laughs) That doesn't really connect me to the heart of God, but it's something that I'm not a big fan of. Yeah. You got to do it. Yeah. You got to do it. Or do you? Some vegetables. I mean, I like, you're supposed to. I like more vegetables than I used to. I'm better now than I was when I was a kid. Yeah, as you get older, you yeah. end up liking them a little bit more. The other day, I ate a salad just because I was like, yeah, that sounds good. It was mind-boggling. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. It wasn't even like, I'm going to make a healthy choice and have a salad. I was like, no, this salad sounds good. What? <laughs> what just happened? <laughs> yeah. Okay. There you go. Yeah. It's I'm alarming. Gonna, I'm going to go eat a burger for lunch. <laughs> yeah, I so, like it. Yeah. Getting old is weird. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, I think that gives us a good stopping point. All right. So. Let's wrap it up. Well, hey, if you enjoyed this podcast, send us an email. Let us know your favorite uh, worship song. It can be old, new. It can be a hymn. It can be a psalm, whatever it is. What do you like to sing and worship? How do you like to experience that? We'd love to hear from you at Beyond Sunday Podcast at do you, Gmail. Do you have a favorite worship song? Let's, let's, let's as we're wrapping up here, do you have a favorite worship song? Um, you know, of our repertoire at Lord of Life, I've got some favorites that we do. Okay. Um, there's one that we do... Uh, and I, no, there's two. One of them has come to the river and one of them has come to the table. And I always forget which one is which. But one of them I really, really like. Yeah. Um, and we usually do that our, at our contemporary service. And then there are uh, some hymns that I like a lot more than others. Like A Mighty Fortress is like classic Lutheranism. And I really love the tune and the beat, but I'm just kind of like so-so on it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but like some of the Easter hymns are really nice. There's a couple of really good ones during Lent that I think really draw out the, the justice side of things and the, the lament side of things that I like. Um, those are good. Um, which is the other, uh, the, the, we didn't get into this, but the liturgical seasons play into this as well, that we have some of that built into the, mm-hmm. the nature of church. We have seasons where we where we intentionally lament, like yeah. you were talking about, where we're more in, more intentional about that than others. Yeah. Um, one of the ones we did on our mission trip that I really like, mm. uh, Reckless Love. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, by Corey something <laughs> I can look that up right now <laughs> just to give you but I really uh, I do enjoy it I thought yeah, it was if a, you find re- if you search for Reckless Love by uh, Corey something you'll probably come up Corey Asbury Asbury there Asbury, it is yeah. Corey Asbury we're going to be uh, singing that on the 31st yeah. of July this podcast will come out in time for that so if you're listening to this you can join us on uh, the 31st yeah. and you can hear Patrick's current favorite worship song yeah I, I, and um, one that we, we do in the traditionals that, that I've been to that I do ha- I have liked a lot um, I think this is really rambly, uh, but that one of our singers at our traditional service, I think she crushes it. Yeah. And it, I don't know the name of the song. All I know is kind of the, the kind of the the button that it hits at the end of every like verse or chorus is like the world is about to turn. Oh yeah, and I think and she's. I think really it's great actually called the world is about to turn. Okay, there you go. And I think I think is that right. No, what's uh, the world is about to? I think yeah. Yeah, I've got to remember the name of it, but I know exactly what him you're talking about. Yeah, and this she, was again, our, an appallingly rambling ending. Yes. Okay. But our singer really, I think, yeah. sounds amazing doing yeah, it. So. She does a really good job. Yeah. yeah. And I will say, having quality singer leadership yeah. makes any style of music in ear to sing with. It really is. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, that's a side note. Our, our um, singers at the contemporary service, I think, are, are great. Oh, sure, sure. I think yeah, they're yeah. really good. But they're not singing the same song, right? Yeah. So you haven't heard. Maybe they would equally crush The World Is About to Turn. Yeah. They, crush, they crush what they're doing. So. <laughs> like a can on the forehead just crushed it um you should, anyway. you should do that next time you're you in the sermon <laughs> crushed it crushed that could be your new can my, your new ending line <laughs> instead of god loves you and i do too yeah. crushed it and crash a can on my head yeah a crush like a sun like a, like the <laughs> drink the crush it's yeah. so meta i love yeah. it all right so if you have other suggestions for how i should end my sermon uh, feel free to send those to us at beyond sunday podcast at gmail.com check out all of our episodes at beyond sunday podcast.com and we'll see you next week and guess what what next week is episode 200 200 400 <laughs> almost doubled wow, wow. <laughs> Two, episode 200 four years is what i was thinking episode 200 that's pretty good yeah there's a, that, that's there's a, not a lot of things in my life that i've done every week for four years straight that is true <laughs> that is a lot it's a limited limited repertoire so uh all three of us should be in the studio for episode Here's 200 open. Or, yeah say, you know at who least, knows at least the flakes wor- out again the world yeah the world can change quite rapidly on that's this, true. But the world uh, is about to turn as yes. we sing hey, there you go. all right thanks for listening buddy we'll be back next week with more beyond sunday